Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. I have a message that's been really burning in my heart for the last probably really week, but maybe even longer. And I want to share something that is so passionate with me. And one of the things is this. I love nothing more than, than sharing vision for your life or for the church. Like that, that, like you want to get me pumped up, sharing vision is what does it. And really it's going, where are we headed as a church? Where are you headed individually? Are you, are you like, that if we took a poll right now and I said, are you satisfied with your life? Are you like, you're like, man, I've arrived, I'm good. It'd probably be a few of us maybe that would raise our hands. I don't know. I don't think any of us have arrived. None of us have gotten there yet. And so I want to share vision today, not to go, man, come, come do this so the bridge looks good. We're not putting our name on anything. We want to make Jesus famous, right? That's, that's to me what it's about. I want to make Jesus famous in my own life individually. I want to make Jesus famous as a church corporately. And so I want to talk about both and how that ties in together. And so I'm asking for each of you this morning to help us speed up that vision today, okay? So this is for you. I want you, I want you just, to, just to be with me. I'm going a little fast. You guys okay if I go a little fast? You guys good with that? Anybody need me to slow down? Anybody here? All right, here we go. I'm going to keep going fast. If you need me to slow down, here's what I want you to do. Just put a hand up, and I'll make sure to regrowth or something, because I want to make sure you catch everything I'm saying, and I have about 18 hours of content I'm going to give you in about 25 minutes, all right? So here we go, all right? Um, I want you to see how you fit into this vision of our church and really your purpose. And we've talked about your purpose, but I want to expand that a little bit this morning. See, when I don't see God's vision for my life, what I'm in danger of is an earthly counterfeit. Let me, let me show you what I mean by this. Matthew chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, it says this, and I don't have it on the screen, so just, just listen for a moment. It says, again, the devil took him, talking about Jesus, to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this, this is what Satan is saying to Jesus, all this, man, I'll give it to you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Now, Jesus, as we know, had a bigger vision, you know, bigger fish to fry, in other words, but what happens is we sometimes settle for an earthly vision. And I'm talking about your own life. I'm talking about your own purpose. Are all of us living our fullest versions of us right now? Probably not. How do we get there? What is, how do we balance that between grace and what God has for us? How do we make that happen? And so my desire this morning is that you would realize when you walk out of here in about a half an hour, that you go, man, I want to live the fullest version of me, whatever that looks like. And so what happens is when we want to live the fullest version, we have to live God's vision for our life. If we're not living God's vision for our life, it's an earthly counterfeit. It's one from the enemy. It's not from God. And so what happens is, just as Satan made Jesus all these promises, I'll give you everything. Everything's going to be great. I'll give you the world, man, all, all dominion, all power. Jesus knew that was not real. And so what happens is in this earthly counterfeit, it might look really good. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's something that you're supposed to do, and, and you're like, man, that looks really good. You're supposed to go after it. You feel like it, but really, it's not what God has for you. You know, it looks really good, but then it never delivers. And so my desire, Pastor Derek and I were talking this week, and really, it was his words. I've said, live your potential. He said, live the fullest version of you. I'm stealing that. I like it better. And I, my desire is for you to live the fullest version of you. And one of the things I heard this week as I was prepping is, you know, you here, I'm talking to you, 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 I can't, I'm trying to look at everybody. You are not one in a million. 
I want you to get this right away, right up front, okay? You are not one in a million. You are one of a kind. Okay? You're not one in a million. You're one of a kind. And here's the deal. That's, that's throughout our whole universe, you know? Even if there's like some weird aliens on some weird, you know, space planet. We're not going to go there today, but, all right? I'll tell you what. In the last week, my Facebook social media feed has blown up with so many thinking all these are the signs of the end of the world and everybody's saying this and, and mo- a lot of pastors are preaching on that today. I'm not and here's why. You have a choice to make in all of that. It's fear or it's faith. It's your choice. That's the simple message. It's over. Now we're moving on. All right. You want to talk end times? We'll get together. We'll talk end times, but I'm not doing it this morning. I'm just saying. So here's the deal. You are one of a kind. Look to the person next to you. Make them uncomfortable right now and say you're one of a kind. Tell them that. Now tell the person that you didn't want to say it to on your other side the same thing. Who happened to be your spouse. All right, let me say this to you this morning. You're one of a kind, and here's the deal. I don't care, I do not give a flying monkey, squirrel, fart, whatever you want to say. I don't care what the chapters of your life look like before Christ. If you are still sucking wind, you have purpose. Okay? You have purpose. If, if, if you're here, God hasn't taken you home yet, buddy. You're here for a reason and a purpose. So figure it out, okay? Because God has something for you. Here's the deal. God can do more with my life, and he can do more with your life than you or I can with ours. So you've got to surrender to Jesus. That's the main thing. Once we have that, we can go, all right, God, what is that purpose that I'm called to live out that you have for me? most unique part of any dream, any vision, every, any purpose is it's not about you. That's the craziest part. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. It's about making him famous, and it's about other people. Now, just as you are one of a kind, I, I, hopefully you agree with me, but our church is one of a kind. The bridge, <laughs> some of you are like, oh yeah, we are, you know, <laughs> yeah. We're one of a kind. We really are. I've gone to other Assembly of God churches. I'm like, we don't look like that. You know, I've gone to Baptist churches. We don't look like that. I've gone to E-Free churches, Catholic churches, Luther churches, many. You know, we don't look like that. And, and I'm going, man, we're, we're unique. We're one of a kind. Just as you are one of a kind, so is this church. A few, uh, few years into my life, I think I was three or four, and I was driving with my grandparents on this dirt road to a cabin that they go to. And I look up on the side of the hill, and there's all, all this cattle. And as a kid, you're really excited. You know, cows, woohoo! And today you're like, whatever, it's a cow, right? It, you know, it, as a kid, you know, everything's new and exciting. And, and I drive by this road, and I look over, and there's, there's like 100 cattle up on this hill. And I'm like, that's cool. And I say to my mom, three or four, this, literally this is what she told me I said to her. She, I said, Mom, look at all the sloppy joes. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's what I said to her. And amen, you know? Now it's like, it's meatloaf, it's burgers, whatever. But I look at that and whatever. Now we've gone back there a few times and I've driven by it and I'm like, whatever. The last time I was there, I was driving with somebody and we're driving on that dirt road, the same dirt road to the resort. And I look over to the right and in all of these hundred cows, I look up and one of them is actually purple. And I'm like, what? I slam on the brakes, I stop, I get out. I'm like, there's a flipping purple cow. Are you kidding me? I stop and I go, and, no, there really wasn't. Okay, now I'm just saying, I'm just I'm totally just lied to you right now. But let me say this. If there was, if there was, you're going to stop, right? You're like, Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. Come on, man. There's a purple cow. Here's what it would look like. Here's the, right? I mean, you're stopping and taking a picture of that. I am too. 
here's what I want to give you today. Real simple, I want to give you seven purple cows of our church. Purple cow is that thing that goes, I got to stop and go there. I got to stop. I got to check it out, man. What are, what are the purple cows of your vision for your life? I want to give you seven for our church. Here's the first one. Here we go. The first one is we are a spirit-filled church. You've heard me say that before. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, what does that mean? Uh, it means essentially that we are to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. It talks about in the book of Acts four different times to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In other words, saying to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, lead my life. And then we say to the same thing, Holy Spirit, lead our church. You know, this morning we had our plan together and, you know, Matt's amp wasn't working at the beginning and, you know, th- that takes place. But then there's times where he feels like, man, we just need to go back into the song and just sing this. That, that's spirit-led. I love the Phillips version of the Bible here. It says this, Live life then, this is the same version as Ephesians 5, 18, right here, check this out. Same version, it's a lot longer, but I love this, I have to read it to you, I don't have this memorized, but it says, live life then with a due sense of responsibility, not as men who do not know the meaning and purpose of life, but as those who do. Make the best use of your time despite all the difficulties of these days. Don't be vague, but firmly grasp what you know to be the will of God. Don't get your stimulus from wine, for there is always the danger of excessive drinking, but let the Spirit stimulate your souls. Express your joy in singing among yourselves, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making music in your hearts for the ears of God. Thank God for all times, for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and fit in with each other because of your common reverence for Christ. I love that. Isn't that good? So good. Here's the deal. Our service, we're a Spirit-filled service, but you've heard me say this. We, on Sunday morning, our service, we want it to be free for all, but not a free for all, all right? If you're like, man, the only way that I can worship Jesus is through my tambourine and dancing up, up front with my short shorts. Ain't gonna happen, bro. Our ushers will take you out with the cane and say, you know what? Because we don't want to be a distract. We don't want anything to distract from what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Well, the Holy Spirit wants, wants me to do that. Well, that's great. Do it outside, you know? Like, we'll bring you there. That's okay, you know? We, there, there are different churches for different reasons. We want this to be a safe place that we can bring that person that's going, I've never been in church before, and they come in and they're not like freaked out. They're going, this ain't too bad. I can do this. I can do this. Because the moment somebody makes that decision to come into a church for the first time, that is the time they are most vulnerable. We don't want to freak them out. And who's more sensitive to that person than the Holy Spirit? None of us. He is. Individually, have a spirit-led life. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit, allow the Spirit to lead you. Being filled with the Spirit, here's the catch. You might say, well, Pastor Chris, do these seven cows make us better than other churches? No, this is just some things that differentiate us. Some churches even have these things. We're one of the few Spirit-filled churches within our area, okay, which is awesome. That's one of our purple cows. But being filled with the Spirit, maybe you're going, well, I'm not baptized with the Holy Spirit. I've never experienced manifestations of God yet. Being filled with the Holy Spirit does not make me better than you, it makes me better than me. There's a huge difference. And so being led by the Spirit, He will lead us to where He wants us to be. Number two, we are a risk-taking church. Welcome to the bridge. I love it. Romans 8, 31. It says, well then, what shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, say it with me, who can be against us? Nobody. That's right. Here's the deal. We have been looking. This building... This is a stepping stone, guys, to what God wants to do for our church. This is not an end result. You know what? Every time I drive out here, God keeps pulling my heart back 
to St. Francis. In fact, to the point we've actually looked at land in St. Francis. We have looked for a building in St. Francis. We're going, God, what do you have for us? We, we've made offers on land, actually, and we'll, we'll talk about that later. We, they weren't accepted, and, but we're praying that God would give us something. He would show us what's the next step for the church as far as a building goes or being back more in town. Being out here hasn't hurt us, but I don't know that it's necessarily helped us because it'd be great to be on a main thoroughfare within town where people drive by and they go, man, the Holy Spirit's leading me to go there. We're risk-taking. Next week, we have poured more money than we've ever done into this block party, and we've never done this before. We usually do something here. We're saying, let's take a risk. We asked our lead team, we asked our elders, we said, hey, if we did something different, what would it look like? And the majority of people said, let's do a block party. Let's do something in town. And so I said, okay, let's do it. Let's, let's go for it. You know, you're not going to hear us say here, well, we've never done that before. You ever find a sacred cow in this church? You have my permission to shoot it, okay? We're not sacred cow, it's purple cow. There's difference, all right? Number three, we never settle. Say that with me, never settle. Never settle. 2 Corinthians 5, 5. The Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. He puts a little of heaven in our hearts so that we'll never settle for less. It's a message version. I usually don't use it, but I thought it was so good right here. It's so great. What's our appetite? It just gives us a little taste of what's to come. Never settling. Now, I've got to be really honest. One of my biggest struggles is the balance from being content to never settling. I'm really, really good at never settling. But I'm not very good at just going, man, praise God for where we're at. Because I'm always going, there could be more. There's other people to reach. That's just how I'm wired. Maybe you're wired that way too. You know, you're always planning, you're always thinking, you're always strategizing, you're always leading, you're always coming up with a plan idea. That's me. Sometimes I have to realize I just need to be in God's presence. And a prayer with the Lord can do more than my entire plan. That's that spirit-led part, okay? But as a church, we're not going to settle. We're not going to stop. We haven't, we haven't arrived, church. Like I said, the building, it's, it's a stepping stone. The building's not the church. We all know that. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Take a risk with me and never settle. I have been praying for the last five years for a tithe of our community. I don't know exactly what it looks like, but St. Francis is 7,300 people, and so if you move the decimal point over, that's 730 people, all right? Married to a math teacher. I should know that. 730 people. I've been praying for that. I'm asking you to join me. Will you trust God for a tithe of our community? Will you trust him for that? Will you pray with me for that? that we reach a tithe of our community. Because when you reach a tithe of a community, it says you actually reach every person because every person that comes in contact with somebody knows that one person that tithe. Okay? I want to do that. Will you trust us for that? And will you trust us enough? Will you trust God enough that he leads us? Maybe he's going, you know what? Maybe the bridge needs another campus and another community to do what we're doing here in another small town. How freaky is that? Some of you are thinking right now, whoa, I came to the wrong Sunday, man. What's going on here? We're doing something crazy. This, this Sunday, um, we're doing a needs booth. We have all the great stuff happening, but then we have a booth. And here's the coolest part. We have a couple that's helping us with that. We have a few different people. One of the couples that's helping us with that so believes in what we're doing here. They don't even go to church here, but they're coming to be a part of it. And anybody who comes to this booth, whatever they need, we're going to give it to them. We want to be the church. Why not? Right? If you're with me, say yeah. Number four, life-giving. You ever heard that here before? We're what kind of church? We're life-giving church, man. Come on. Come on. Genesis 2-7. Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground, and he breathed 
into his nostrils. That's so gross. The breath of life. And man became a living being. Here, I need to volunteer. I'm going to demonstrate what he did. No, I'm kidding. All right. Okay. Here, can you just imagine that? Here he is. He's like a corpse. It's like a funeral backwards. That's what this is. You realize that? And he's laying up there. And he's, he's laying. And God just goes down. And he breathes life into the nostrils of Adam. And Adam's like, whoa. You know, like, I'm alive. Wow. Let's, let's name some animals. Let's get a wife. I'll give you a raise. Like, it was just... This incredible story that goes on. So much of our daily walk, how many, how many with me? Life is being sucked out of us daily. It's like, oh my gosh, pastor, if you only knew, buddy, if you only knew, spouse, if you only knew, my kids, my dear, if you only knew, like what I dealt with, what I go through. And some of you here within this room, you have never, ever had someone speak affirming into your life. You haven't had it. You know who you are. Because when I try to speak affirming into your life, you immediately put up a wall and say, but, 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 but. And I'm going to say, shut, 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 shut. Because God wants to speak life into you, just as God breathed life into Adam. God's not dead. He's alive. No reason he still can't do that today. You know, when we started... The church, life-giving was really the thing that Heather and I, I got to for the mission of the church. It hasn't changed. We're willing to let that change if God wants. He hasn't wanted it. We believe that's for, and here's why. Someone, uh, you know, once told us in the beginning, and if you ever start a church or you start a business, your mission statement will be attacked from others. <laughs> and, and it was. We had one person, actually part of our church, they came up to us and they said, yeah, I don't quite get the life-giving thing. That's only Jesus. It shouldn't be you. And I said, well, we represent Jesus, first of all. And the other thing that I said is, is this. Um, I said, I'm going to preach encouraging messages. I'm not here to tickle ears. I'm here to share truth, but I want people to leave going, I can do this. I can get through my life. And uh, they said, no, 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 no. They said, pastor, pastor, you've got to preach more harsh. That's what they told me. And I said, well, why? 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 And this, literally, this is what they said. They said, because when I go to church, I need to feel beat up. That's what they said. This is how, how ingrained this church culture was because they felt like the only time that there's truth is when they felt beat up. I mean, that is so far from the truth. I, that's not the Jesus in whom I serve. The Jesus in whom I serve doesn't want you to be beat up, but he wants you in life to be upbeat. And I'm going, there's a whole different thing of what Jesus has for you. And so be open to that. For some of you, that is the most challenging thing you will hear right now this morning. Because you have background, you have history, you have a mom and dad, you have things that have not been affirming in life, or you've experienced church where it was regimented, you know? You come here and you go, man, do they have any reverence for Christ? I can guarantee we do. We want to reverence and make him famous in everything that we say and do. Absolutely everything. Everything that we do as a church is to build up, not tear down. That's life-giving. That's life-giving. Life-giving, we're not going to force you to serve. You know, we had some people for a long time say, man, if you have kids in the nursery, you should serve in the nursery. Not in this church. If you want to, you can but guess, guess the moms that need this hour more than any other moms. They do. They're like, oh, dear God, please, can I go to church for like a half an hour, you know? Some of you are like, that's me, you know? Yeah, we want that. I've been there, man. We don't want to force you to serve. You know, some of you are like, I, hey, we want you to serve in some capacity, but we're not going to force you. That's life-giving. We're not going to guilt trip you into giving. We're not going to say, man, you got it. You got to do this. You got to do that. You know, if, if you don't tithe, I'm not going to come to your house and knock on your door and be like, you didn't send your tithe this week. What's up? You 
Like, not going to happen, okay? That's between you and God. Now, I pray that you're obedient, but we're not going to guilt trip anybody about that. Life is hard, man, and this should be the best hour of your week. That's my desire for you. I want this to be like, I want you to go out of here and go, I can do this. I can do this. I no longer want you to choose to look through the eyes of yesterday, but rather when you look through the eyes of tomorrow. Look through the lens of tomorrow. Okay? It's so easy for us to get stuck on things that have happened in the past. Look to what God wants to do in your life tomorrow. Maybe it's freedom from addiction. Maybe it's some freedom, you know, maybe, maybe you're addicted to pornography. It's one of the most hidden sins in our community. Maybe it's, maybe it's a marriage that needs to be restored. My wife, when we started, when we talked about life-giving, what does that mean? Her biggest thing was marriages being restored. This week, this week, I sent out a few Facebook messages. I invited uh, about 50 different people to come this coming Sunday. And one of the couples I talked to and I invited, they were apart. And uh, they didn't, neither one of them knew I talked to the other one. And both of them told me this. They said, hey, Pastor Chris, we just want to thank you for walking alongside us the last year. We were actually really trying to mend our marriage back together. That is life-giving. That is what God is in the business of doing. Come on, can we give him praise? Come on, that's awesome. That's what he's doing. Number five. Number five, we are always welcoming. Hebrews 13, 2, you heard me say this last week. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. That's right. Now let me speak to you, my, my brothers from another mother and my sisters from another mister, okay? Here's the deal. I want you to, I want you to hear this. Whether it's your first day here at the bridge, whether, whether you are like, you know, super Christian. You realize right now within this church, we have... The biggest giver in the church right now is here? Well, maybe, I don't know. There's, one of us is the biggest giver in this church. One of us is the smallest giver in this church. Who cares? One of us is um, the most mature Christian in the room. And by the way, if that's you, find a new room. One of us is the least, some of you caught that. If, if you're the least mature Christian in this room, I'm so glad you're here. Now, should we go out and take a little test and study, find out, and make all of us uncomfortable with that? Some, just, just talking about that right now, some of you just got the EBG. You're like, whoa, what are we talking about? What, this is so weird. My brother's from another mother, my sister's from another mother. I don't care what you did last night. I don't. Jesus does. I don't care what you did. I don't care what you smoked. I don't care how much you drank. I don't care who you slept with. So that's between you and God. Not my job to convict, that's the Holy Spirit. My job is to welcome you into this church. I don't, I don't, maybe you're the most beat up person coming in here. And you're welcome here. You are welcome here. You are welcome here. Period. You might, well, I'm not a Christian. Welcome, man. You will be in a few weeks. <laughs> welcome. All right. You know, my wife and I, when we were associate pastors, there was a homeless guy that called. I did the benevolence ministry at a church where I'd help out, you know, people in, people in need. One guy called us. And he said, man, no church has ever done anything for me. No church has ever done this. And he, and he was just complaining about the church. Just a naysayer. I almost hung up a phone on him. And Holy Spirit, you know, Spirit-led life, I, I decided, no, I'm not going to hang up on him. I want to find out what's up. Well, tell me about your experience. And he walked into a church. He smelled like cigarette smoke. And the, the usher said, you can't be here today. And they ushered him out of the church. And I said, 
I'll be there in the morning. And I had three kids at the time. And so my wife and I, we took a huge risk. Didn't even know this stranger, homeless guy in Anoka. We went, we drove, we picked him up, and we brought him to church. The whole way he was, he was cursing, he was all of this. And we just loved on him that day. Came to church, left the church, never saw him again. Don't know, could have been entertaining angels. I have no idea. You know, it messes up your theology a little bit if the angel's smoking, but, you know, and cursing. We won't get into angelology this morning, but, you know, at the same time, I'm always welcoming. We want this to be an open place for whoever. Here at the bridge, we believe you don't change your life. Catch, catch this. You do not change your life to get to God. You get to God so he can change your life. It's different, all right? Number six. If you're with me, say yeah. Am I going too fast? Doing all right? We're good? Two more. We are in Mutt Church. We're not a thoroughbred. Oh, man, we got, we got like big great Danes in here. We, we got some golden retrievers, man. You're just faithful. You know, we got the little wiener dog. We got some big wiener dogs. We got, you know, we, we got some pit bulls. We, wow. You know, and some of you have gotten together, you know, and that'll mess with you. You know, a great Dane and a wiener dog. What? Um, some of you will get there. Um, if not, that's your loss because that was funny. Um, but that's the church we are. We're church bad. We're, you know, we want everybody to not only feel welcome, but to realize that anybody can belong. Anybody can belong. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you're Christ's body and individually members of it. Anyone can belong here. Pastor, I'm Catholic. I don't care. But Pastor, I'm Lutheran. You'll recover. Pastor, I'm Baptist. You're welcome. Pastor, I'm Presbyterian. Well, what does that mean? Like, you're welcome here. You can be here. What happens, when I've gone door knocking and I've invited people to come, yeah, I'm, I'm weird like that. Sometimes I do. When I ask, you know, the clerk at, at County Market, hey, come join the block party. I can't. I'm Catholic. I want everybody to hear this right now. And I'm going to step on some Catholic toes. Sorry. I have nothing against the Catholic Church, but what I do have something against is when a church instills fear into somebody because God wants you to live a life of faith. It doesn't matter. You can go to, you can go to heaven from here. You can go to heaven from SRO and Oak Grove. Jesus just wants relationship. It's that simple. And so we all can come together. It doesn't matter our background. Maybe you go, I'm not even saved yet. I'm agnostic. I'm atheist. Whatever. You're welcome here. Okay? Maybe you're like, Pastor, I just want to dig in and have deep theology. We'll talk about that in just a moment. One of the worst feelings in the world is that you're alone. One of the, it's one of the worst. I've, and I know because I've experienced it. We moved over 14 times growing up, man. It sucked. It was awful. I hated it. The worst part was going into the new school. Some of you have been there. And what's the worst part of being a new student at a new school? Lunchtime, right? Lunchtime. You go down to the table. You don't know if anybody's going to be your friend. And, and what happened is it was the table of some pretty interesting characters that accepted me and welcomed me every time. I've become some of my best friends. We want to make sure no matter what, people are welcome here. Let me share a couple of things here. Just give me just a minute more. I went to a conference at, uh, at another Assembly of God church, and this was in 2006, so 11 years ago. And at that time, God had started, stirred my heart a little bit about planting a church, starting a church, but never really thought about it. It wasn't anything we were chasing after. But there was a workshop at a conference, and it was about church planting. And so I walked into the conference. I was wearing, you know, khaki pants, a nice shirt, nice shoes, and, and I, like, dress shoes, not what I wear now. And I walk in, and and uh, there's all these guys in, in suits and ties. And they're all, you know, everybody's older than me, probably by 20 years. 
And I walk in there and I grab the little syllabus they have for the workshop and I go and I'm trying to sit down and the people teaching the class say to me, hey, what are you doing here? I said, well, I'm here. I want to I learn about church planning. I'm just curious about it. How, how does it work? And they said, well, how old are you? I said, well, I'm... And they said, oh, well, you're... Uh, you're yeah, how old are you? <laughs> That's exactly what they asked. Good question. And uh, they said, uh, you're too young to be here. You need to leave. And I walked out. Pastor Derek and I are going to be at a pastor's conference the next few days. When I go to those conferences now, I feel like I'm too old to lead a church because everybody looks like they're 24, you know? And uh, Derek will he'll fit right in. And uh, I love Derek. He's been awesome. But I, my heart got crushed. And I just want you, to sit, want you to know here at the Bridge Church, I don't care where you've been. I don't care what's happened. You're welcome here, okay? You're, you're welcome here. You're welcome here. We're that much church. You can belong. You know, one reason I don't know who gives what in our church, I, we made that decision when we started. I don't, I don't know what you give financially. I have no idea. And we're going to keep it that. I don't, between you and God. My desire is for you just to be obedient. Whether, whether you've given, hear this out, please. Whether you've given a dime or never given, or whether you've given, you know, $100,000 to the church. Either way, I'm going to treat you the same. It doesn't matter. You're, you're welcome here. You're the pit bull. I'll treat you the same, even as you're the little, you know, golden doodle like I have at home, you know? I'll treat you the same. Last one here. Everybody say number seven. Here we go. Number of completion. Here we go. We're going to tie it all together right now. We are others focused. Others focused. We are others focused. Philippians 2, 3, and 4, talking about the attitude of Christ. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests but each of you to the interests of others. This was written to mature Christians, to others' interests, not just our own. Let me, let me say this. People, a lot of times, they want big theological debates. If you want that, call our office manager, Amy. She's great. We'll set up a point. We'll have coffee. We're not going to do that Sunday morning. We're not going to have, you know, soteriology and eschatology and pneumatological debates. We're not, not going to do that Sunday morning. You're like, huh, what? What, what? No, that's not real life. Real life is, man, I got beat up. Man, I got divorced. I don't know how to deal with my teenager right now. I'm struggling to find a way to make it work. That's real life, right? That's real life. This is a real life church, okay? We're not gonna talk, discuss theory. If you wanna get together and do that, I, I will do that gladly. But I feel like the most, hear me out, the most shallow thing that we can say as Christians, and I, I've been guilty of it, is it wasn't deep enough for me. It's the most shallow thing we can say. Because we say that wasn't deep enough for me when millions are going to hell. That's what motivates me. We will remain a body of believers, not self-centered, but rather a body centered on others. You know, I'm super grateful for two things. One is Mark Weber, who he was playing bass this morning, jamming out, and, and Mark came up to me last week and he said, what are we doing about the hurricanes? It wasn't about him, it wasn't about our church. It's because of him bringing that forward that we received an offering today. There's somebody in our church going, how can we be others focused? That's a great example. Another is my wife. My wife is a studette. Is that a word? We just made one. Um, she's a studette. There you go. Dudette, studette, whatever. But in high school, now, if you're homeschooled, if you're private school, no, I don't hate you. No, I'm, I'm not trying to, like, pick a fight. But I'm a huge public school advocate. Here's why. If my wife was told by her parents, we got to take you out and put you in private school to protect you, or we got to put you in homeschool, or there was no online school yet. We got to take you out to do that. I wouldn't be here with you right now because she led me to Christ. It was through that, by her parents saying, hey, 
go. She was obedient to it. She was others focused to the point where she dumped me, man, before I even got it right with Jesus, okay? That's how insanely in love with Jesus she is. I was a little envious at the time. I think I'm more in love with Jesus now than she is. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm totally kidding. Wow. Let me end with this as our worship team comes up. I want you to take action. Let me give you these seven one more time. We're spirit-filled. We're a risk-taking church. We don't settle. We never settle. We're life-giving. We're always welcoming. We're the mutt church. And we're others-focused. Now, that's all great. It's all good. But unless we take action with those steps, it doesn't matter. So I'm asking you to take action. Inviting someone next week is not a subtle recommendation from me. I would like to make it kind of like a pastoral, like, come on, you can do this. 85% of the people will say, yeah. If you go back to my dating high school record, that blows it away, man, okay? Serious, you can ask my wife. She was one that broke up with me, all right? Bring somebody with to service at 1030 and then bring them out to the block party. Here's the deal. We're not paying for the food this year because it's food trucks. It's a little different. It's it's one of my biggest hesitations this year of doing this, to be honest with you, because I don't want a visitor to feel like they have to front money. You see a visiting person next week? You figure it out? Buy them a meal. Go up to the food truck with them. If the person you invite comes, let let me fix that. When the person you invite comes, buy them a meal at the food truck. If you don't have the money to do that, ask me. We'll take care of it for you because we don't want that to be a burden on anyone who wants to be life-giving. Do you want to see what God's doing? Like, do you want to see what God's doing in this world? Do you want to to know what God's doing? I do. Be a part of it. Look what God's doing within this church right now. Look at the people in whom God has reached out to, myself included, within this community. Be a part of it. Be there next week. Proverbs 29, verse 18 says this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, in other words, when they're part of it, that's when you're most blessed. You're only part of the blessing when you're part of the whole deal. That's what it's saying. And so what we get to do as a church next week, the offering we receive today, don't make it a burden. Realize this is a huge privilege that God has honored us with that we get to do. Let's steward it well. Last thing is this. I'm a dreamer, man. I'm a huge dreamer. You can ask my elder board. They hold me back. No, I'm kidding. They, not, not hold me back in a bad way. They're like, hold on to me. Like, hold on, Chris. In a good way. They're huge accountability. And they're both very good friends of mine. My future dream, though, is there's another campus besides just us here in St. Francis now then. We need to get back to two services as soon as we can. We're getting there. You know, maybe you're going, but Pastor, it's been so nice having everybody. Okay, immediately now we're not others focused. Here's the deal. A church where you don't know everyone is a healthy church. If it's a church where you know everyone, that's not a healthy church. We need to realize that we're all different. And that's okay. Be okay with that. A messy church is okay. It's okay to have a messy church. Because that means we're trying to be the church and we're trying to reach the needs of the community. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.